We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky. And I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, serving at Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And of course, I'm not serving anywhere anymore. I'm just sitting back with my feet up, retired. (laughs) (laughs) You earned it though, John, after all those many years of service. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, after 42 years of hard labor. So, so Matt, before we do anything else, I, I had a thought, and I've got to start with this, okay? Okay. Wrestling with the basics exists for only one purpose, and that purpose is that every person listening to us now would understand faith. And by faith, I mean, first of all, that we are all sinners. In fact, we are just horrible, terrible sinners. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I'm the worst of sinners. And yet, also, as the Apostle Paul says, it is a trustworthy saying Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. Uh, and that's what our show is all about. That that I know we've got people listening to us that have all kinds of struggles and trials, some small, some great. Uh, but I want everybody to know, as Paul says in the book of Romans, there's absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. Um, and the reason I wanted to begin this episode that way, Matt, is because we've actually been talking about things the last few weeks that probably have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good reminder then. <laughs> well, we have been talking about – give everybody – I don't think we've ever used the technical term for what we've been talking about. And maybe that's good because we've been basing our discussion on on the Bible. But what's the technical term for what we've been talking about the last few weeks, Matt? So it's been really adiaphora is the the theological fancy term that's been used. Uh, But again, I I think that's good. We're not talking using these churchy terms, but hopefully just using God's word. But really, that's that's what it's been about is adiaphora. So so adiaphora is something that is neither commanded nor forbidden uh, in the word of God. And and therefore, it it neither is going to make you believe any better. But then again, it's not going to harm your faith either. That's what it is. By definition, it is an adiaphora. It just doesn't make a difference one way or the other. Uh, But but. So so anyway, let's get to the discussion we had Uh, because of adiaphora that then it's a thing that we do or don't do. Uh, and, and just briefly review the discussion you were having about, uh, what was it, First First Corinthians 7, was that? Yeah. So all this yeah. stems from that discussion in First Corinthians that we had about uh, eating meat, right? That, that's yes. Paul's yes. context, at least, and that's what they're struggling with in Corinth is this meat is being sacrificed to idols, and uh, what do you do? Do you eat this meat or do you not eat this meat? And the mature Christians, uh, they realize, well, this meat, you know, isn't in and of itself evil. After all, these idols are, are fake. They're, they're not real. Uh, so it's no harm to eat that meat, to eat that food that's been sacrificed. But but it's not that simple because there's some Christians who are maybe new to the faith, maybe weaker Christians uh, that see people eating 
meat and food sacrificed to idols, and they just assume, oh my goodness, they're worshiping that idol, and, and we can't worship both idols and God. So Paul tries to unpack this then. Uh, you, it's not just about knowledge, not just about knowing that you know it's okay to eat that food, but it's also about love, love to love for your neighbor, love for your your perhaps newer, weaker brother or sister in Christ. So give that thought whether you eat or not. So the Adi offer in this case is food sacrifice to idols, whether you eat or not. And and just to, to throw out something that I think puzzles people, uh, you know, Paul constantly in his letters says stuff like this in 1 Corinthians 7. Now as a concession, not a command, I say this. And again, he says, now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment. And that kind of bothers us because, well, I thought Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit. How can he say that what he says is not a commandment, but what Paul is addressing is Adiaphra, <laughs> okay? And when you're talking about Adiaphra, sometimes you might advise people to go ahead and eat the meat offered to idols, because yep. after all, there's nothing to an idol. On the other hand, for the sake of a weak brethren who might not believe that or might have some troubles with that, well, then you won't eat meat from idols. So, so don't be troubled when Paul says this is not a command. Understand he's simply talking about things that are Adiaphra. And he'll give us advice for his giving situation. But again, if the situation changes, maybe he would have given different advice. In fact, we're going to talk about that because Paul tells us not to eat because of the weak. But when we get to the end of this episode, we're going to reverse it and, and put us in a position where Paul would say, oh, no, you better eat that meat and eat a lot of it, which actually I, I think that's a good opinion. But but anyway, <laughs> especially if it's bacon. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Matt. You've crystallized my thoughts. <laughs> However, real quickly now, because for me, the thing that troubled me was this whole business of putting the ash on the foreheads, the imposition of ashes. And I was telling you how that just offended me and that troubled me. But at the end of last week's episode, you rascal, you, 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 you put me in my place and you did it in a good Christian way. Because what did you say to me in regards to that whole, my, my thoughts about the imposition of ashes? Well, I, if we're looking at this, this whole debate here, and, and if our listeners haven't been listening, yes, uh, you're, not, you're not the number one fan for the imposition yeah. of ashes on Ash Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I think our listeners have figured that one out. But uh, in this whole context of Paul's conversation in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, he's talking about those knowledgeable ones, those who are knowledgeable, those who know, again, that this meat sacrificed to idols is, is nothing, right? In and of itself, it's not good or bad. And I think really, if we're going to put Pastor John in this context, he's among the knowledgeable. You know more about the imposition of ashes than any pastor I know at this point. <laughs> you have thought through this issue um, in depth, which is good. But now with that knowledge comes responsibility. Uh, how do you use that knowledge then with love in relationship with, with other brothers and sisters in Christ when it comes to uh, the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday? So, so you had a Beautiful example. So get ready to share that example. But but so here, here's, I have three things I want people to leave this show with, Matt. Okay. Uh, number one is we all like to be the weak Christian. <laughs> okay. And you're right. I'm not a weak Christian. You, and you're absolutely right. That's what blew me away. Because yeah, I wanted to frame it in terms of me being the weak one. But 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 no, I'm not the weak one. You're right. I am the knowledgeable one. I am the. I, I don't say that in an egotistical way. But no, 
You're, you're right. I, I couldn't. But we love to claim the weak position. And you know why we like to claim the weak position, Matt? Well, I think partly because, well, then people need to sort of cater to us and meet our <laughs> need <laughs> and think about my needs um, if you're the weaker one. <laughs> yeah, you just can't keep stop twisting the knife, can you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I sent you some notes. If you could flip to the second page, uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 13, because we definitely want to base this on the scripture, not on our opinion. You bet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Paul writes there, Wherefore, if meat makes my brother to offend, I will eat. No flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Um, and, and that's from the King James. And I wanted yeah, I to use the, Yeah, you can, <laughs> can't you? Yeah, don't you? Um, well, the reason I wanted to use that is because the English now has gone to the word stumble. Okay. In fact, the text we were going to talk about your brother stumbling. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, but I want people to know that uh, this comes from the Greek word skandalizo, uh, which is usually translated to offend. To offend someone. Of course, that's the word that was used here in the King James, your brother uh, to offend. Um, by, by the way, the, the root of the word scandalizo, what English word do we get from scandalizo? Well, scandal or to scandalize. Yeah. So, so we've, we've taken it and that's what it is. Oh, that offends me. That scandalizes me. See? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and the root for the word scand, uh, that root Greek word, uh, did you ever catch rabbits when you were a kid? No, never, never caught rabbits. Okay, well, when I was a kid, you you take a box, oh, yeah? and you'd have a stick underneath yeah. the box, and then when the rabbit got in the box, you put a carrot in there to learn. You'd pull the stick out, and then the box would trap the rabbit. And and the Greek word skanda is actually the stick. I just thought that was kind of cool. It's yeah, the stick yeah. that causes the box. To the fall. box to fall. All right, but see, here's the point. You better be careful when you say that someone has offended you. We we say that all the time. You you offended me with your your imposition of ashes. But the word offense in the Bible means that it caused you to stumble. It caused you to sin. It it somehow separated you from Christ. Uh, that's what we talked about last week. This is a big thing when you scandalize someone because somehow you're putting a wedge between them and their Lord. And, and, and uh, uh yeah, so just be careful if you want to go around claiming you've been scandalized. So the question you need to ask is, how have you sinned? Because that's what you're saying, that in some ways that action made you sin. And, and you're absolutely right, Matt. You're absolutely right. No, it, it, it may have made me grumpy, <laughs> but no, it didn't cause me. It, it, no, 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 because you're right. I, I'm, I'm the strong, and I need to be considered about the weak then, not about what pleases me. Oh, man, you hit it right on the head. Yes. That's why we do it, because we want things the way we want them. So now give the example you gave. This, this is your advice for me next Ash Wednesday, what I might be thinking about. So, yeah, next Ash Wednesday to, to think about, well, the other people in the, the pew next to you. Uh, yeah. he, they, they, they know your pastor, Jolly John Lukomsky from Rest with the Basics. <laughs> they, they, you know, 42 years as pastor. You know, what is Pastor John is is a knowledgeable Christian. He, he's, he's a pastor. And uh, there might be eyes on you on Ash Wednesday. So what we do, what we don't do, affects other people. And to give that some thought, too, uh, what, how are my actions going to uh, affect, for good or bad, uh, the people next to me? And I think that's not just true for you and, and for pastors, but you know, for all of us as Christians, to give thought to that. Uh, how do my words, my actions affect those around me? I, I've got this knowledge, but what's the most loving thing to do in this situation? 
And and you gave a specific example of how if I don't take, what 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 would be the problem? Well, sure. I mean, if you don't go up for the ashes, which again you don't have to, but if you don't, well, then someone who is planning to, well, then he might second guess that. Well, is is it wrong to go up and get ashes? Is is that a sinful thing? Is is that is that just a Roman Catholic thing? Am I am I you know am I not a Lutheran if I go up and and just there there might be this confusion about whether or not it's it's okay to do that. Or, or if the other people who are getting ashes, are they doing wrong by going up? After all, Pastor John's not going up. <laughs> so, so, and again, see, that, that was a great thought, and it precisely because of what you said. Because now the focus isn't on me and what I think is right. Because it is an adiaphora. That's what it is. There is no command. There's no forbidden. Uh, but then I also thought, though, Matt, what about the guy that's out there? And he's not sure it is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And yet he sees me go and he said, well, I, I still don't think that I should be. Well, uh, Pastor John said, so I guess I will. And now we're back to the whole situation about eating meat offered to idols again. You bet. Yeah, this is not easy to work through when you're thinking about what's the most loving thing to do for your brother and sister. And and so that's that's the second thing I want people to take home today. And you, you summarize it beautifully there. Love is not easy. And I think that's the other problem we have right now in our church or in all churches. We want it to be simple. You know, uh, just give us a list of rules. We'll follow the rules. Everything will be fine. Oh, that's what we love about the Adiaphora because it gives us a list of rules and we can check those rules off. Okay, we're all right because we did all these things, see. Um, but if that's if that's the thought, then then you are, you are sinning because I'm going to tell you right now, love is never, ever easy. It is always a challenge. It's always a difficult. And in fact, I think that's part of love. That in every given situation, you have to ask yourself, hmm, as, as you said, how am I impacting the people around me? And I need to ask them. I need to talk to them because maybe I think I'm impacting them one way, but maybe I'm doing just the opposite. Um, I'll give you an example from my own ministry. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a big deal about whether to have individual communion or common cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I shared that that was that was my grandmother's big issue. She just couldn't handle the individual cups. She said it was like you're taking a shot of whiskey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, as I said, I I don't know that my grandmother ever took a shot of whiskey. <laughs> shot of whiskey. How, <laughs> how would she even know? But 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 uh, uh, but see that didn't bother me. I I don't. It doesn't bother. I just want people to take the body and the blood of the Lord's Supper for their forgiveness of sins. That's what I want people to have a concrete way of knowing that that John and Matt didn't say your sins forgiven. Jesus said your sins are forgiven. Okay, um, but I was surprised to find that most of my congregation thought that I wouldn't go for individual cup, and, and they did. They did. There were people that wanted it. Oh no, you can't bring it up because you know Pastor John. He just likes that common cup. He'll never. And and so I didn't realize I was communicating that, but obviously I was mad. So I so I give that as an example. We we need to talk to people. We need to find out what people are thinking about what we're doing. Uh, we need to hear what they're saying, uh, and certainly not just dismiss them because well this is how we do it all the time. Yeah. No, we we need to have because that's what love is. Isn't love involved listening and and being concerned about what other people think? Yeah, don't just assume that Pastor John was a curmudgeon even back then, right? <laughs> Talk to the guy. <laughs> But no, you're exactly right. Love 
Oh, love takes time to show love. It takes communication. It takes understanding other people. It, it takes looking at people and, and knowing that they are individuals and not just classifying them as uh, some category of person. It's easy to talk about, oh, the homeless, right? But when you know someone who's homeless by name, uh, when you know... Uh, <laughs> When you know Larry by name, right, um, yep. all of a sudden that that's a little different uh, to show love to that real person uh, for whom Christ died. Um, that is a challenge and it's not easy. So, so, so I'm just saying to everybody, if you're looking for some kind of list of rules so you can check them off and say, oh, now I've done what God wants me to do. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's always going to be hard. It's always going to require you to think. It's always going to require you to talk and ask. Uh, no, it's going to be a lot of work. And yet it's what Jesus does for us. And, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's what we can do in all of our weakness to those around us. Um, but now one final point. So, so we've talked about what we're supposed to do when a person is weak. Uh, and I would always assume that people are weak to start off with, okay? And I think that's probably the best way mm -hmm. to treat people as if I really need to be concerned about where they're at and where their conscience is at. But Matt, the Bible is also very, very clear what happens when you encounter someone like myself who wants to claim they're weak, who wants to claim that you're offending them, but in fact, there is no weakness at all, <laughs> Because I know exactly what is right, and you are wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, and 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 indeed, we, we need to recognize that this is the word of God. We we are directed to do something different, and and what is that something different, Matt? All right. So you're talking about Galatians chapter two? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, well, let me read that. Uh, Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So, so the circumstances here, now, now we're dealing with another adiaphora. This is the adiaphora of circumcision. Um, Paul, by the way, had a protege by the name of Timothy. And uh, do you know what? Uh, Timothy, by the way, was a Gentile. And, and you know what uh, Paul had Timothy do? Do you remember that, Matt? Yeah, and to be circumcised. Yeah, yeah, because he understood we're going to be ministering to Jews, and, and that's going to be a problem. Uh, because if you're not circumcised, people probably aren't going to listen to you. So we'll do that, Timothy. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> I wonder what Timothy thought about that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Paul. <laughs> it's an adiaphora, Paul. It's an adiaphora. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, you were my vicar. I'm thinking of all the things I should have had you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's part of the description of <laughs> but but again, it, it goes back to what we said earlier. You know, Paul said, yeah, it's an oddy offer, but we want to do what's best for our brother, what's loving for a brother. And I know it, it can't be comfortable, Timothy, but I, you, you and, and if Timothy had said no, Paul wouldn't have forced him. This is something that Timothy volunteered to do. He did it willingly. Uh, uh, um, but now we've got a different situation. Now in Galatia, we've got these people that have snuck in the false brothers. I love that phrase. They've slipped in. They've slipped in because they want to say, no, nope, no, if you're going to be a Christian, you have to be circumcised. See, Paul's circumcised. Timothy's circumcised. No, no, that's it's in the Old Testament. It's a law. It's a requirement. You've got to do that to be Christian. 
And in this context, where you're not dealing with weak Christians, but you're dealing with someone who's saying, no, this, this is an absolute necessity, what, what was Paul's response? Yeah, don't, don't yield in submission, even for a moment, he says. Yeah, so not even in the slightest way. Are we going to even suggest that this is something we should do? So, so again, love is tough. Love is really tough. Uh, and one of the questions you have to ask is, what am I dealing with? And, and like I said, I would assume we're dealing with weak Christians. I, I think that's the best way to start off with. Because uh, sometimes people seem like they're big and proud and boastful. But uh, my experience with most people that are boastful, Matt, is that they're actually very, very weak. And they come off that way because they are, and they're trying to hide that. So I would take the time to get to know a person before I would judge them as being a strong Christian. But on the other hand, if someone would come up to me and say, you know what, what you're doing there, that's going to send you to hell, then I would just go ahead and do it all the more. <laughs> yeah. Don't submit even for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, for a moment. Because, see, see, there again, it is about people and their faith. And, and, and I hope we do a good job in this show of, of letting people know you don't have to do anything. Uh, absolutely nothing. And that's a scary thing because in our sinful flesh, we think, well, there's got to be something, right? I, I got to do some good works. I gotta, I've got to be committed. I, I have to be sincere. I've got to make a choice. Uh, and, and the doctrine of faith, it blows all that away. Uh, no, it's all in Jesus' hands. He's chosen us. He's died for us. He's done all the good works necessary. Now in freedom, we can go do all kinds of loving things and, and do them not because we have to, but because we want to. Uh, but that whole love thing, uh, that, that flows from that faith. Hey, could you read Galatians 2, uh, 11 through 14 as well? Sure. Uh, Paul writes there, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So I just, I think that's an impressive passage because we're dealing with a fellow apostle now. In fact, one of the chosen 12 of Jesus Christ. And yet Paul doesn't hesitate to rebuke Peter. Because uh, Peter, no, no, Peter's aligned himself with the circumcision part. He's acting like, well, yeah, maybe you should get circumcised. And I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Step mm -hmm. on anybody's toes. And Paul says, Peter, 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 you know better than that. Of all the people in the world, you know, you you who had the, the whole vision of all the animals being placed before you. And, yeah. and God himself saying, these are all clean. You can't divide them up to clean and unclean anymore. They're all clean. Yeah, you should know. So, um, so isn't that crazy? So in one instance, Paul would back off. Paul wouldn't say a thing. In another instance, Paul would be outspoken even to the apostle Peter. Um, 
And as we get to the end here, could you read one more passage for me? Kind sure. of going back up there. First Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, because it illustrates the attitude that we really should have as Christians who know that it's all been accomplished by Christ. I hope people understand this. I'm not giving you a new rule or law to deal with. I'm giving you the consequence of knowing that you are literally free. There's nothing you have to do there. Everything is an audio offer for us, except, of course, baptism and the supper and the preaching of the word, because those are the things that give us faith. Uh, so anyways, 1 Corinthians 9. Okay. Uh, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jew, I've become a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.